0: And we're back to your number one sports podcast all things sports. I'm your co-host small town EP joined by your host Wade Julian Special guest of the night big Kev. Good to see you in the night where the city of Boston comes out victorious in both the NBA and NHL The city of Atlanta comes to terms with not having a goat head coach in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and Jim Harbaugh pens His return to the NFL ATS is back to give you the real in sports Speaking of Boston, the ATS family here would like to give a huge shout out to Strictly SP on his birthday today. Very happy Earthstrong, happy birthday, as well as giving our condolences to him and his family, his brother, small town Cardi, family friend Cardi, ATS friend Cardi, small town native Cardi, and Strictly. They're going through some troubling times in their family right now, so we want to express our condolences and tell you that we love you.
1: It's kind of hard to just,
0: yeah, it's kind of hard to uh, talk sports after that, but we're here and we are going to get straight into it. NFL Conference Championship Weekend is here. Kansas City at Baltimore, Detroit at San Francisco. We'll start in uh, time order, I guess, in the early game. I was hoping I was going to be a later game, but it made sense as to why the Kansas City and Baltimore game is the early game 3 p.m. Sunday afternoon Baltimore four-point favorite at home hosting the defending Super Bowl champions Kansas City Chiefs June (laughs) biggest game of Lamar's career or
2: what 100% and and before we get into the sports thing man you, you know I appreciate you EP1 for taking the time to um express you know our our shared mutual feelings um and condolences to to both of their families that's family to us and um i i just want to appreciate you for for a moment because you know you, we have a show to to do and um whether anybody looks at this as light work anybody looks at this as you know th- their little thing whatever the case is i know you know kev here knows the work we put in and and the time we dedicate to this um and the mental i guess um I mean, the mental strength to, to get through an episode, one. So for you to be using it for this when, you know, you're going through a hard time, small town, you know, family is going through a, a hard time right now. Um, you're you're still, you know, kind of putting your head up and, and pushing through with this uh, this big week we got here. Um, so I, I just want to appreciate my, my show, my appreciation to you. And, um, you know, once again, just kind of let everybody know that, uh, you know, we got their back. So. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course, bro. With that being said, man, Lamar Jackson, you know, we find ourselves in, in one of the more exciting times of the year as far as the sports world, January, where football is at its peak. Um, Basketball is getting, you know, into the heat of things. All-star is, is talk is starting to rumble. And so, yeah, 100% biggest game of his career. Never made the AFC championship. I think he's at 500 Or just below 500 now in his playoff career might be at two and three or so
0: yeah Um, two and three
2: and guess what he's gonna have to beat the best to to be the best man and so he's already got that mvp locked up but that super bowl we know is, is is really the main thing he has the attitude of keep the main thing the main thing he's he's extremely mature uh for where he's at and the the big thing that just always pops in my head when I think about Lamar Jackson and his Super Bowl run is him getting drafted number 32 overall in 2018 after a, a no, number of quarterbacks and his statement to Deion Sanders was that he's going to get the Ravens a Super Bowl and he's he's standing on business right now as we speak this offseason. There was no question so I guess, I guess the question was is this you know the biggest game of his career? Yes. And to answer that is yes, but you know before the season started the interesting thing is that nobody wanted to sign Lamar Jackson. The Ravens almost didn't even want to sign Lamar Jackson and give him the money that he was demanding and thought he had earned and and um he represented himself. He, he got the deal. Odell Beckham Jr. ends up signing, and some people looked at it as, you know, washed up Odell, this, that, and the third. Odell has has had a big factor in, in the Ravens' success this season. It's not the hugest, but um, what he does in the locker room as far as a leader and uh, his experience as far as getting to a Super Bowl is is going a long way. So just shout-out to the Ravens, Coach Harbaugh on that side for getting to another Super Bowl, or excuse me, AFC Championship um yeah man this is this is huge for them
0: kev i got a question for you does this with this game whose legacy does this game do more for patrick mahomes or lamar jackson
1: oh lamar i mean Mahomes has two i think you know as the favorite especially uh as lamar being the favorite especially um and kansas city kind of having to like a down year. I mean, they're in the AFC Championship game, but a down year. Um, you know, I, I don't think people expect Patrick Mahomes to, uh, or expected him to even get. Past, a lot of people didn't even expect him to get past Buffalo last week. So, um I think he's kind of in one of those situations where he's playing with house money, so to speak. Uh, Lamar has way more riding on this as far as uh, legacy goes. Granted, he's about to be a two-time MVP. Like he has nothing to prove to anybody. Uh, but himself at this point, and that's, you know, winning the Super Bowl. And that's all that's left really for him to accomplish in this league. And uh, it's something that, you know, we'll see if he can uh, get it done.
0: Some big key factors that are going to definitely affect this game. One, on the Kansas City side, uh, left guard Joe Tooney could be out we're not 100 percent sure yet he did strain his pectoral muscle in the divisional round at buffalo and i mean i said it on the last episode if we want to have any success against this baltimore defense we're going to have to establish a run game against this this you know this defensive line that is (laughs) the best defensive line and without joe tooney asia pacheco is probably he's gonna have a long day with this defensive line but without that left guard starting left guard Joe tun it's gonna be a little bit of a longer day I would say and then of course I mean Chris Jones and again June I'm never gonna let you relive this down my man George Carloff. this if they can you know get some pressure without sending extra guys uh, Kansas City anyway it's definitely gonna be a, definitely gonna be a positive <sighs> I mean I'm excited you know turnover differential Chiefs are minus 11 Ravens are plus 12 so i mean we haven't been able to put, to keep uh to keep the ball much this season Ravens have been doing an excellent job they are 6 and 3 at home while the Chiefs are 6 and 2 away in the regular season i mean we're in for a treat because we got this game early and then later in the evening at around Ooh, what is it? 6 p.m.? 6 30 6 o'clock, Six, I think it is. 6.30. Once again, at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, the San Francisco 49ers will host the Detroit Lions. San Francisco minus seven favorite. Whole touchdown favorite at home. Y'all know the Vegas rules. I'm not going to repeat them this time. June, is this minus seven warranted? Because, I mean, it's a conference championship. Is a minus seven warranted for San Francisco to be favored by an entire touchdown?
2: Yeah, I mean, this team was the the, the best team in the league until Lamar and the Ravens really showed them who was. But we've had high expectations for this San Francisco 49ers team since last year. And coming into this year, um, they exceeded those expectations. Detroit, as good as they have been, as good as they've gotten over this course of the season, they're still the underdog through and through. They're still, you know, the the uh, inferior team. And that's saying a lot to the 49ers. That's not saying a lot to the Lions um, as far as expectation goes. When you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who's an offensive player of the year and I think MVP candidate, um, you got Debo Samuel that who who to me is gonna be the X factor here. If Debo Samuel is healthy or healthy enough to play and and actually get some touches and contribute the way he normally does, then I think they should have no problem winning this game. But if Debo Samuel is, is uh is is not gonna be doing the same things that he normally does or getting the ball as much because of that shoulder injury that's going to be very concerning for Kyle Shanahan's offense and Brock Purdy's going to have to do a lot more with his arm to, to win this game. So, uh, I think the key thing for Detroit is to stay true to who they are. They got to run the ball and make sure that both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs get lots of touches. Jared Goff, you know, he's, he's again, somebody you can trust somebody that you don't feel, uh, Nervous making decisions because he's not going to put your team in bad places, uh, especially with a good group of wideouts like they have and a, and a tight end as a security blanket. So, like I said, if they stay true and run that ball, that's their best chance. But unfortunately, I don't think that defense is going to be able to find a way to stop Christian McCaffrey along with Debo Samuel if he's able to you know, get some key
0: contribution. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that the 49ers, they are familiar with Jared Goff. He spent five seasons in the NFC West with the Rams. I mean, he he got, you know, the best of the early matchups against Shanahan's Niners, uh, winning all three of his starts uh, between the 2017 and 2018 season. Um, Since then, you know, he moved forward, back, you know, uh, uh. Um, so they're very familiar with Goff. Kev, if Detroit is to cover the seven, maybe pull out an upset, advance to their first Super Bowl. What are gonna be some key factors for Detroit to do that? And do you think that that could actually happen, Kev?
1: Cover, cover the seven or win the game?
0: Uh, I guess let's do both. <laughs> uh,
1: I definitely think they can cover the seven. Uh, it's a weird line to me because Green Bay was just nine and a half point underdogs. So they're saying that Detroit's only two and a half points better than Green Bay. Um, which I don't think is the case. I think Detroit's, I
2: think it's fair to say. Sorry. I think I, so.
1: I mean, I, I think Detroit's a little bit better than that. But, um, I mean, we saw as far as the keys to the game for Detroit, we saw Aaron Jones go 18 for 108 um, against the San Francisco defense. And I think that's what Detroit's going to have to do. And they're going to have to rely on Gibbs and Montgomery, like Julian just said, to to run the ball and do it effectively. And I think that they can do that. Um, it's really going to be like, can they keep the offense of San Francisco off the field? Like if they can, if they're effective running the ball and, and they're able to eat clock and control time possession, then I think, I think they can cover um, regardless. But as far as winning the game, I think that's what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to control the clock. They're going to probably have to have time possession somewhere around the 35 minute Mark. Um, I would say, and um, limit what San Francisco can do on offense more so because of the weapons that they have McCaffrey uh Debo which he doesn't really look like he's a hundred percent he's probably not a hundred percent um so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with him on Sunday but um I think the key for Detroit is definitely pound the ball run, run ground and pound play play the defense that you've been playing and uh you know stay true to your identity at the end of the day for Detroit yeah, I, I think
2: that's that's all good points. Um, just back to the covering and, and Jordan Love and the Packers being a minus nine, they covered and they could have won that game if it wasn't due to, again, I'm going to st- stand on that weather control point I made, but also you know, <laughs> Jordan Love just being young and, and having a moment in the playoffs that all greats have. Um, that game was very winnable. And so I think Detroit, being at -7 um it's still fair because yes they are better than green bay but i think if if green bay would have hypothetically won that game there's a fair shot that green bay can go on and win you know against detroit so i could i could see why the set -7 is there Th- this is clearly you know the home team the team that's been clearly better all season. Um and Detroit has holes. Like there there are some things that Detroit, you know, is going to have to hide like their defensive back group, you know. Um and they're going to have to make sure that Brock Purdy's under pressure. That's kind of that's kind of going to be their key as well. If they can get Aiden Hutchinson and those guys on the line to to really attack. Um yeah, it'll be tough for the 49ers, but It's a good team over there, man. And and we're probably going to see one of the better Super Bowls. The 49ers have always been in that NFC championship. They've played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, And, you know, this this is like, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan EP losing uh, to Jared Goff and that Rams team in Sean McVay's offense a couple years ago when they were in the same division. I'm glad you brought that up. This is like, the best iteration of what Kyle Shanahan imagined his team to be, right? And so they've yeah, got everything they need right now. And he's like, "All right, you know, like that's like, uh, I guess, I guess when your sibling, for those with siblings, like when your sibling gets that new toy, there's an the older sibling they get the new toy, and then you know maybe like a week later, like you get the newer one that just came out, and it's just like, haha, yeah, now my shit, now my shit's hot now, but." I'm excited for this game um, as as good as I know Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes game is going to be and that's Chiefs Ravens. I want to put respect on that the team's names. I think this game has a chance to be a better game um, based off of how good San Francisco is and how hungry Detroit is
0: going to be to get to their first Super Bowl. So, yeah, and I love that you mentioned Shanahan this matchup the nfc which is the nfc championship has two very polarized i would say coaches and dan campbell being one of if not the most aggressive coach in the league as far as going for it on fourth down uh sending defensive backs on blitzes when they usually they, they, they usually execute well when they send D, when they send the the backs on blitzes um and then kyle shanahan that you know he's a little he's a little more cautious as far as going for it on fourth down Um, sending crazy pressure and I mean when you have a a, you know a defensive line like the Niners do you don't really need to worry too much about the pressure you're going to cause to the opposing to the opposing team and you brought up Aiden Hutchinson as well June what a story I mean this is a a homegrown kid as they say went to Michigan you know grew up a Lions fan he's now playing for the Lions I mentioned last week Dan Campbell was a part of that 0-16 Lions team in 2008 Um, I mean, just what a Cinderella story that they have going on right now. I said last week that it would end. And again, the bake show wasn't able to come through cooking for me Uh, this week. I don't want to fade them again. There's something in my gut saying do not fade Detroit this week. But all while having to put respect on the San Francisco 49ers in their third NFC championship, uh, third straight NFC championship appearance and trying to avenge that, you know, somewhat embarrassing loss from last season, really. Like I said, we're in for a treat. This, this could be one of the best, if not the best weekend of football ahead of us, similar to what Tom Brady would say, you know, they asked them, what's your favorite championship? He would always say the next one, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll stay in football. Breaking news this uh, afternoon, right? Yeah, this morning, afternoon, Jim Harbaugh will sign with the Los Angeles Chargers. It's going to be in the AFC West. This is a division that's had, if I'm not mistaken, eleven new head coaches since Pat Mahomes' reign started. <laughs> so, I mean, it's definitely a a, a turnaround type of year for the Chargers. Is this automatically a playoff team, June, or is it going to take a year or two for them to kind of figure out the wrinkles and maybe Jim Harbaugh to bring his team in?
2: It should be a playoff team. I mean, (laughs) the talent over there, the the problem is with Brandon Staley is that they had all the talent in the world and couldn't do anything with it. And so, the payroll, first of all, that's like their biggest problem. Like, you guys got to make the playoffs if you're going to pay this amount of money to all these players. And so, again, it's not like they're paying a bunch of money to these guys that don't deserve it. Um, I think guys weren't put in their best place to win throughout the season. And a guy like Harbaugh, who, yes, he's coming from the NCAA and, and winning a championship in college isn't the same as in the pros, I understand, however, having championship pedigree And um, culture, as a coach, does a lot for a locker room. It does a lot for a group of guys who don't have that, um, i.e. Justin Herbert. And it's one of those things where it's like I was watching um, Dwayne Wade's new podcast with Pat Riley. Kevin, I know you checked out most of it. I'm not sure if you finished yet. I still have to finish part two. But Pat Riley kind of just let them know, like, you know, you guys got to, like, let me lead you. Follow me. You know, I can get you there. And so Jim Harbaugh is gonna bring a lot of that to uh to Los Angeles. And I'm excited to see what he can get out of Justin Herbert and then those guys who are vets on that team that, you know, are still trying to get to that deep playoff run, what he can get from those guys as well. I, I do see this team making the playoffs in twenty twenty four. Um, I'm not sure right now. This is kind of like, you know, me, me thinking out loud, but i just think that the roster is too talented to to not go if if you're if you're well coached
0: hey man there's there's uh there's stories that they did he was supposed to go meet with atlanta if i'm not mistaken and the charges didn't even let him leave la they said listen this is the offer and apparently he couldn't refuse he's obviously been on record as saying how much he likes justin herbert how you know he wants to coach justin herbert and now his chance to help Justin Herbert regain his sunshine nickname comes next season. Kev, they do host Baltimore next year, Kev. Um the Chargers do. The exact the exact schedule I believe is not out yet, but no, the home, yeah, the home and away opponents have been posted. The Ravens will travel to LA to SoFi, the battle of the hardballs. How excited are you for Jim to be back in the NFL, Kev?
1: I I mean, outside of like like I love Rex Ryan, obviously for uh he's been the most successful coach since that the Jets have had in my uh history of fandom. But um outside of like anybody that's ever coached the Jets, Harbaugh is probably my favorite football coach um just in general. Um I just think he's everything that he does is he's great at. Um anywhere he goes, he succeeds. He's always been a, a, a great football mind and a great coach um so I'm excited to see what he brings and I think that that team has underwhelmed for for the last two three years and we see what Herbert can be and uh with Staley it just wasn't for whatever reason it, he wasn't maximizing that And you've got you've a guy like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams um and Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert I mean like there's no reason that you don't have a playoff win at least already uh and then you you have a playoff win in your hands and you blow it in jacksonville last year so um it's a long time coming i think for Staley to go um maybe the chargers knew something that uh that harbaugh maybe you know give him another year and maybe harbaugh will be here but um yeah i'm excited for him to be back in the league he's got his national championship now that he's been he's been wanting to get now that he's got that out of the way Now it's time to come to the NFL and get the Lombardi that he's uh, looking for. So desperately
0: coveted. Hey, June,
1: outside, you're good, Kev. What's up? Sorry, no, I was just going to say, because I was looking at the opponents. And, I mean, coming in last place obviously has its advantages, especially when you have such a talented team that comes in last place, because then you get to play all the last place teams throughout the league. So they have Arizona, they have Tennessee, they have the Patriots, they have the Panthers. Uh, they have and then they have the NFC South and the AFC North so not like a terribly tough schedule there's probably already I mean granted we don't know what's going to happen in the offseason but just based off of that I mean you have probably got at least six wins there
0: <laughs> no I definitely think that the, that the goal for the Chargers is definitely double double digit wins this year Michigan just refused you know Jim Harbaugh's demands his contract demands and it's a five-year deal in LA the exact numbers I believe aren't out yet but it definitely more than the 12 and a half million that he wanted from Michigan but less than I think 18 million which was the initial um rumor initial kind of floating numbers that were out there five-year deal June is there a Super Bowl for the Chargers in the next five years appearance it's a tough
2: afc i'll start with that man and and there's 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 a lot of teams in this afc like we're still as much as people might not like what what this is going to sound like that that jets team is still something to to see i i I still want to see what aaron Rodgers could bring to the afc and in the afc specifically me too so that we got the Dolphins who are gonna go, you know, take three. We're gonna go take three. I'm excited to see what that firepower offense can do after, you know, a lot of injuries this year and and at unfortunate times. Uh, the Chiefs are obviously gonna be there. This Ravens team looks promising for the next few years. Um Joe Colts will be back healthy. C.J. Stroud, right? There's a lot of teams, and I'm not saying that all of these teams are the Colts and the Texans are gonna be Super Bowl contenders. Just yet. However, these are teams that can knock out the Chargers in the playoffs, uh, in my belief. So, in five years, I'm not sure that the Chargers are are going to get to a Super. I don't know that we'll see the Chargers in a Super Bowl for a long time. And you know, I know that Harbaugh is is a great coach, and and you know, he can lead a group of guys to a place like that. However, I want to see what this roster looks like under him, and and what what he's able to do at least for the first year or two, and and see what direction they're going to head in, because um, it, it is make or break for them as far as like where, where they're currently at. Are they going to continue to just, you know, keep trying with this with this veteran roster? Or are they going to try to rebuild? What you know, Justin Herbert, it, he's only got so much time to just keep wasting, right? So, um, no, I'll go. I'll go. No, I don't see them in a Super Bowl within five years. But I am excited for Harbaugh to be coaching a team that he once played for. That's pretty
0: full circle. Yeah, it is pretty dope. That is pretty dope. I know I mentioned Bill Belichick being the go head coach. He is he's still available to be hired right now. He doesn't have a job, essentially. It's not going to be an ATL in the nice city of Atlanta that I currently reside in. Raheem Morris, former, if I'm not mistaken, wide receivers coach, former quarterbacks coach former a bunch of coaches from the of the atlanta falcons as well as former interim head coach in the 2019 2020 season left went to la he is now back in atlanta as the head coach i'm all about a brother getting a job at the top but i do have my own personal feelings about how this went down kev smart hire for atlanta to bring back raheem morris as their head coach
1: You're on mute. You're on mute. Um, my bad. So, was it was Raheem Morris the best hire for the Falcons? Um, I'm gonna lean no. Um, however, I also don't think it was Bill. Um, but you know, um, yeah, I I just like we 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 see guys. I I feel like the the head coach the head coach is getting recycled thing is like very old and annoying at some point it's like we know who this guy is as a head coach and we've seen it and it didn't work the first time and it didn't work the second time and it didn't work when you had him in your building and made him the interim head coach and decided to not keep him on your staff anymore so like why are we giving him a fourth opportunity so that's the only reason why i think like probably could have gone another direction um but yeah, I just, I, I think the stuff with Belichick is like, how old is he? 72,
0: 73, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I mean, I don't know. Like we just saw with the Dolphins with Vic Fangio, like those old school guys don't don't get the attention of the, these locker rooms anymore. And as legendary of a coach as Bill Belichick is, 85 and 102 is his record without Tom Brady as a starting quarterback. So I mean if you re- I I'm, I'm sure he's not coming cheap. So if you're the Falcons it's weighing the fact that if those are your two options, do you want the 70 plus year old guy who probably can't connect with the guys in the locker room and is going to cost you probably two or three times more than Raheem Morris and uh may not get you results at the end of the day or do you try some somebody else and uh see what they can do? So uh Don't forget v-
0: Vrabel's still out there too right now.
1: Vrabel is still out there and I'm, that that's more surprising to me is that, you know, they, Vrabel's out there and I, I would think Vrabel would be the perfect guy for a job like Atlanta when you've got all those young guys on offense and if he can go find a good offensive coordinator or even Ben Johnson, who seems destined for the uh, commander's job, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't think Raheem Morris is the best hire, but I can also, I see why they decided not to go Belichick and- Ken,
2: yeah. Do you have a Do you have a specific reason why you don't think Raheem Morris is the best hire?
1: I just think we've seen him. Like we we know what he what he is as a head coach. I don't. Okay. Just for as far as like the recycling thing. Yeah, I get
2: it. Um, yeah. Just, I just.
1: I, it's yeah. It's
2: that. I think that it wasn't the best decision either. Um, I'm all for it. You know, word to EP. I, I'm not going to hang on. <laughs> that. However. Last week, I started the show with breaking news that the Bengals' offensive coordinator, uh, you know, was going to get the head coaching job in Tennessee. And if you look at the AFC South, you got Stroud, you got Lawrence, you got Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, and then you got Brian Callahan, Shane Steichen, D'Amico, Ryan's, and uh, who's the fourth team here that I'm missing? Jaguars. D- uh, Doug Peterson. Who? Doug Peterson winning offensive minded younger offensive minded type coach now um I'm my thing with Atlanta is that Raheem Morris isn't a bad coach you know he had he did coach some some bad teams like when he coached in Tampa Bay from 09 to 11 you know there wasn't no talent there really um and so you can't necessarily blame him however uh did he impact it so much to change it? No. So we saw that when he went to the Rams and was a DC, which you know defense is his specialty. Uh, we we see what happens, right? And so um, I think I would have went if I'm. This is also the first time Arthur Blank hires a former head coach. So maybe if I'm Arthur Blank, I would have went with a. Newer offensive-minded type of guy, maybe a Ben Johnson. And, and obviously, there's interview process. You know, there has to be – it has to make sense. And, and I'm not talking to these guys. I don't know any of them personally. But, like, I'm thinking the mind of a Ben Johnson, the mind of a Bobby Slovak, you know, offense coordinator for the Texans. Uh, because you have Drake London. You have Kyle Pitts. You have Bijan Robinson. And you want to maximize those talents. Like, if you had, you know, a, a young – Aaron Donald or a young this, that, and the third, but like you got to coach to your strengths as well. And so again, I'm not mad at it because I think I also wanted to go on the tangent as far as I wanted to go on the tangent as far as like head coaches get a lot of slack, which they should. They're like the quarterback of the coaching staff. Right. And so they got to take a lot of blame for things. They're ultimately the guy who's saying yes and no to things. However, Everybody has their own job and their responsibility and, you know, a franchise trusts each other to go out and make those decisions. It's not going to be super micromanaged every down. And so your offensive coordinator needs to an offensive, you know, passing coordinator, run game coordinator. They all got to come together with a plan that week and be able to execute on Sunday. Now, coach is going to have a say in what he likes throughout the week as far as game planning and what he wants to see more or less of. But it's ultimately on the play caller for offense, on the play caller for defense to go out there and get the job done. And so I think it's more so about how you fill your staff around you and how you can lead this group of guys more so than like the head coach has to be the guy that, to, to answer all the questions. You know what I mean? So Raheem Morris isn't a, isn't a, it might not be the great hire. However, if he fills his staff out with, a guy who's an offensive coordinator now in another system, but maybe wants another, uh, uh, maybe wants to, you know, coach uh, some guys like Drake London and Bijan Robinson on offense. He'll have a good opportunity to find uh, some some good coaching there. But real quick, EP, just to kind of talk about these coaches, like you said, we got Rabel still available, Bill Belichick still available, and there's only two jobs left. And so, Seahawks, Commanders. Are, are we done with Bill Belichick? Are we going to see him coach again? Because if he doesn't coach this year, is Carolina still open to Carolina just signed a uh, offensive coordinator from uh, the, the NFC South team. Was it the bucks, the Buccaneers? Yeah, Buccaneers. You're right. You're right. And uh, he's actually the uh, only active Hispanic head coach after Ron Rivera got the boot deservingly. So love to be prideful for, for my heritage, but Ron Rivera was not getting the job done over there. EP can vouch. Um, But it's interesting. Shout out my Hispanics. Yeah, it's interesting to see uh, another Hispanic getting a job. And so, yeah, like back to my point, if Bill Belichick doesn't get a job this year, is he going to sit out a year and then come back next year? Like, is this the end for Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick?
1: I mean, that's what it looks like with Bill. I I don't think he's, unless Pete goes and hires him, because they said that Carroll's going to stay in the uh, Seattle front office or – a weird situation with Pete carroll because it seems like he still wanted to coach but then he decided that he didn't
0: after a- i think yeah. they decided that he didn't
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it, it's a weird situation and then he might stay on but then he's going on after like on his radio show and like taking jabs i don't know that's a very weird situation in seattle but um i don't know maybe pete like hey let's go get let's go hire bill i
0: can imagine bill sitting in those interviews like I want my guys. I'm hiring my own staff. I'm bringing my team. I'm bringing my team in. This whole thing is getting blown up. And then they were like, whoa, 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 whoa man. <laughs> what did you think was going on? We need you to just coach. We don't need you to to run the front office. That Bill, didn't work,
1: that didn't work out was, for you. Bill would not have liked Atlanta anyways. So.
0: Oh my God. Let's take it over. Look, exciting, exciting week in football. I'm super excited. Obviously, let's take it over to the basketball courts. A lot of trades, a lot of stuff, a lot of head coaches as well losing jobs, being uh you know escorted out of the building, as they say. Most notably, Wes Unseld in Washington, Adrian Griffin in Milwaukee. That, and I want to actually I want to talk about the Milwaukee one um, because that was a little interesting to me, especially a report saying that there was an airing out after they lost in the in-season tournament to the Pacers. And that's when he knew that a sacrifice had to be made. I, I, bro, it's one of the first in-season tournament, sir. You have the best, arguably when well, if not the best, one of the best players in the world, as far as the NBA is concerned on your team. You got damn litter on your team as well. I mean, the talent is there. And after, you know, I'm not saying you guys shouldn't have had a discussion. Maybe, you know, maybe your, your voices were raised in this discussion a little bit and some things may have been said. But, sir, it's your first season there, and it's the first in-season tournament. Like, who gives a fuck, honestly? Like, at this point, like, really, who gives a fuck about this in-season tournament in the grand scheme of things? So this firing, to me, kind of came out of nowhere. Kev, how did you feel about
1: it? I mean, I I feel like it was almost like the writing was kind of on the wall early in the season, even before the first game was played, when the whole uh, incident with Terry Stotts happened, and Terry Stotts quit because of an incident that happened with Adrian Griffin, and Terry Stotts is a highly regarded coach in the league, has a very good relationship with Damian Lillard, who went on Instagram right after Terry Stotts quit and posted a picture of Damian Lillard and Terry Stotts together. Uh, so that was the first sign to me that, okay, something's weird here because he's backing up his coach that that just quit the team and not his coach. That's currently coaching the team. Um, and then just little things that you've seen, like on the sideline with Giannis subbing himself back into the game when Griffin is pulling him out the game and things like that. Like I, th- He didn't. He very clearly didn't have control of the team, Um, and he also I don't think is a really great. He's he's obviously he's a first year head coach, and unfairly to him, he's got incredibly big expectations with the team that he has. Um, but he's not a great X's and O's guy right now, and I think we see the same thing with Joe Missoula. Like he's not a great X's and O's guy. Um, yeah, they
0: don't get June (laughs) started on Missoula
1: they're not like and granted they're young they're young coaches and it, missoula's in his second year griffin's in his first year and these things come but when you have these teams that have championship aspirations you need to ha- have the, all that down and you need to because when it comes playoff time you're going to go against the spose and you're going to go against the well budenholz is not a coach anymore but you're going to go against the tyron lose and and uh things of that nature so you need to be uh a, a, you need to be good with the x's and o's you need to be able to adjust and those guys haven't shown that the yet. The Rick Carlisles. The Rick Carlisles. I mean, th- these are these are guys that you gotta coach against. And they'll they'll coach circles around you. Like we just saw Spoh do the Missoula last year. And we saw Spoh do the Budenholster last year. And is a great coach. And Thibodeau. And Thibodeau, yeah, definitely Thibodeau.
0: Oh. oh my god, that's a nice thing for the night, June. That that was just your little <laughs> <Not> that,
1: <man. laughs>
2: We'll get there. We got we gotta we gotta you know what I'm saying? We gotta warm it up.
0: <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. Uh, so June, would you say that this Adrian Griffin firing wasn't a surprise to you either?
2: No, it was definitely a surprise to me. I'm not gonna act like I wasn't surprised seeing the thirteen the thirty and thirteen Milwaukee third seed, second seed Bucks, you know, fire their head coach who's in his first year. Um of course it was a surprise. Do I see how it can make sense? Of course. I mean, we saw the David Blatt situation in Cleveland uh, when LeBron was on his quest to to try to win that finals. Um, now, the thing about the whole in season tournament, who I wouldn't say who gives a shit, because it is something to be mindful of. Is that birthday balloons for for? Uh, SP shout out to SP man happy birthday um
0: yeah i don't know what's what was going on there but yeah what up the... like, i
2: their 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 defense obviously losing drew holiday has an effect on this team and you know them not letting uh them letting 135 points up on detroit you know versus detroit is is alarming and so I'm sure that in the front office and in the locker room, there had to be some feelings and rumblings of like, yeah, well, like Kev said, the playoffs are, that's when coaches, coaches um, really have to step up. Do we see this coach being the guy at key moments for this franchise, trying to get its second championship in the last four or five years or whatever, being the guy to call the X's and O's and make the right decisions. And they probably felt uncomfortable saying yes wholeheartedly. And so, Um, there was a highlight where uh, during that Pistons game when they were close enough to win, coach subs out Giannis, and Giannis walks to the bench and says, I I don't know what he said, but it looks like, why are you taking me out? (laughs) Like, what's going on? And so uh, he's like, you're right, Pat Connaughton, (laughs) Come back out, uh, and Giannis is like, "Yeah, coach. Yeah, tell him. Yeah, all right." And so, you know, when when you got stuff like that, it, it's the writing's on the wall at that point. But um, we'll see where where he ends up, and and who replaces him in the long term. Or it's it's gonna be Doc Rivers, is that right? Yeah. So it's exciting as a Heat fan, as a Knicks fan, right?
1: Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I also just want to just say really quick. That was nasty work, what Milwaukee did, because to have Doc consult Adrian Griffin, and then a month or two later be like, uh, you know what, Griffin, you can go. You're dismissed. And uh and then hire the guy that you had consulting him. That's, uh, that's a little nasty.
0: And then you also have, like I just mentioned, Wes Unseld in Washington. And it's uh, the the is that he's transitioning into the front office as well. Yes. Very interesting, and then right. they, they moved Keefe up to head coach, or Keefe, I'm not sure how you say his last name, I apologize if I butchered that, <laughs> up to be the head coach. I mean, this, it sucks, you know, again, word to me, like I just said, I hate to see a brother not have a job, but um, seven and 37. Oh, he in the got South- a job. <laughs>
1: He will always have a job because his father is a legend in that franchise. So that is a uh, facts. That is a thank you.
2: Classy move, classy move, Washington.
1: Can't burn your bridges. Can't burn your
0: bridges. But seven and thirty-seven. I gotta agree. I'll burn the fuck out of that bridge. <laughs> I gotta agree with the 7-37, I will
2: never cross back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what could you what could you help with? No, I'm kidding. I'm like, that that roster, that, that talent on that roster, doesn't give him enough either. So we gotta we gotta be mindful of that.
0: Yeah, not many pool parties going on in Washington this year. I probably I'm gonna say this, bro. A, a lot of
2: hype around Washington, and uh, and understanding they would be a bad team, but a fun team to watch. There is nothing fun about watching this Washington team. Only if it's bad it. basketball. It's bad basketball. It's 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 not well-coached basketball. It's not serious every night. It's not disciplined basketball. And it's not even fun fundamentally sound basketball. So as far as, like Kev said, they do have a legend, you know, Wes Unsell Sr., who is the reason probably, and I say this with respect, but it, it seems to be the reason that, uh, you know, his son didn't get let go of the organization in, in full Because you tell me that this is any other, you know what I'm saying, coach, 7-36, and they probably give him the boot, don't promote him in the front office, but I'm not mad at it. I mean, that's what they feel is.
1: He failed upwards.
2: That's what they feel is best for the organization right now. Do what you got to do. But yeah, you guys are frankly 7-36. and And the only reason we don't talk about you as much is because I don't know how. But there's a team with less wins in Detroit, and their coach still has a
0: job. But I'll digress. We'll go from Milwaukee to D.C., and then from D.C., we'll take it down. The media likes to call it South Beach, but June likes me to be politically correct and say downtown Miami. We'll take it down to the south and the heat. What's up, Kev?
1: I don't know what's going on with these bubbles you got coming up. I
0: don't here. know either, bro. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to keep my hands down for the remainder of the pod. I'm you know, I talk with my hands a lot, but it seems like the, the, the software right now is giving me thumbs up when I don't want them. It's putting balloons in my face. When I pause and I that's a definite pause, I don't want them. I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to just keep my hands down here outside of the camera view. And maybe when you see my twist shaking and stuff, I can talk with my hair, I guess. I don't know. But I digress. The Miami Heat trade Kyle Lowry and a first-round pick for the rights of Terry Scary Terry Rozier. And I know you guys are very excited as Heat fans uh, for it to be as spooky as it is in downtown Miami. June, what do you expect out of the second half of this season with the addition of Terry Rozier?
2: Well, welcome Terry Rozier to, to downtown Miami. Welcome to the Heat culture. He's He's been a fan. You know what I'm saying? This is somebody who grew up uh, a fan of the Miami Heat, somebody who idolized Dwayne Wade. And I'm a friend of anybody who is a Heat fan. I'm a friend of anybody who is, you know, Dwayne Wade's my favorite player because we relate. We really, really relate. And so um, it's exciting to have a, Another 20 point per game score, you know, another guard who can score and also um, play some defense, who can shoot the three, who's not afraid. Um, we're just in the midst of this five game losing streak right now. And so it's hard to be super excited or giddy giddy about the new acquisition because we're two games into the acquisition and obviously he's needs. He needs more time to, to get acclimated in the offense and things like that, so I'll give him a break there. But this team is going through an offensive crisis right now, and Spo is at the top because what are we watching? <laughs> like, this is like, what are we watching at this point? And so, um, in, in my belief, just being a Heat fan, it's January, it's not like every January this is the case, but in January you know, it, it, you're going to struggle throughout the season at points. And I think this is just one of those, you know, bumps in the road that we're going to have to figure out, get through offensively. And it's also going to gel this team together. It's like it can make a break. I've never seen, you know, a bump really break a Miami Heat team. Um, So I, I do think that this adversity is going to go uh, a long way when it comes to late March, early April and this team's, you know, fighting for a higher playoff spot and in the playoffs. Uh, I, I just think that as happy as I am with this Terry move, we still need more. And and maybe a three and D wing can can get us over the hump, whether it's through the buyout market or, you know, using Caleb Martin as a trade asset. I don't want to kill too much because I know Kev has thoughts on this too, but um just you know, overview for me right now as as a fan on January twenty fifth is, is just extremely frustrating. What we're seeing night in night out for the past five, six, seven games just lower effort than we're than we're used to. And and um, there are bright spots because you know you got to look at like Bam Adebayo putting up a career high six blocks, going fifteen, fifteen, and six. Um, And you see that when his offensive production isn't there and he has more of a defensive responsibility, he's the best defender in the league. So, of course, you know, there are things to look bright at. But I want to call out Jimmy Butler, and I want to say, listen, bro, you are my favorite player in the league. You're my favorite player on my favorite team. But it's time for you to do something in the regular season. It's no more time for the cruise control. There's no more time for 10, 10 attempts a game this month. Like, you need to be shooting the ball close to 20 times a night, putting pressure at the rim, getting to the foul line five to seven times a night minimum. And it's going to, in turn, open things up for everybody else. We want to look at Tyler Hero and how our record is when he's in the starting lineup. We want to look at, is Terry Rozier going to be able to be acclimated or can Duncan Robinson make the threes that he, that he's supposed to and can, bam, be consistent? Listen, all of that is going to go as far as Jimmy takes us. And this team is not going to be at its best until Jimmy Butler is at his best. And he's not at his best. He's not an all-star this year. He missed games due to injury, I understand. Bam's not an all-star just yet. Uh, I, obviously, the reserves, you know, come out next week, so there's still possibility just with fan voting that they make that. Um, and Bam Bam definitely deserves some, some all-star recognition there. But um, if Jimmy doesn't make the team, I wouldn't be surprised. So with that being said, it's time for Jimmy Butler to step up. And he doesn't have to go play off Jimmy right now, but he definitely needs to put the throttle uh, down to at least 4.5
0: right now. Kev, your thoughts? Uh, Our unofficial, yeah. official Heat correspondent.
1: Um, I love the trade. I mean, you're going from Lowry to Terry. It's obviously there, there's a very big upgrade there um, in terms of. Their their level of play right now, um, <clears throat> I do think they need time to to gel and figure it out. I think what what the issue is almost like they're they're all trying to not step on each other's feet, right? Like Bam doesn't want to take too many shots because he doesn't want to take away from Tyler, and Tyler doesn't want to take too many shots because he doesn't want to take away from Jimmy, and Jimmy just doesn't want to take shots because it's January um and uh so i think right now that's that's like the biggest issue is who is the offense actually running through what are they doing on offense and i think a big part of it also like is as far as this five game losing streak has it's been it's been six bad games in a row since the brooklyn game that miami was able to come back and win but haquez has missed all six of those games he's been out and they've been missing him on the floor and it's very clear that they miss him on the floor um the biggest thing that I think needs to happen with this team, and I know half the fan base would disagree with me, and I think the player would disagree with me too. However, um, and it's not a slight to this player because I think they should close. I just don't think they should start, and I think Tyler needs to start coming off the bench. Um, he's the he's a, a sixth. He's the youngest sixth man of the year in the history of the league, and I don't like I it works like it's it's there's evidence that you coming off the bench works and there's evidence that Duncan in the starting lineup he plays better and I think they need more of that two-man Duncan and Bam game that they had early in the year when Tyler was out I think they need to get back into that um and I think Tyler just needs to start coming off the bench and really running that second unit they don't have anybody coming off the bench that can do that Duncan, as as good as he's been, as great as he's been this year, he needs BAM on the floor with him to be able to really maximize his game. Josh Richardson's not a point guard. Uh, I know everybody loves Nikola Jovic. He's not a point guard. He's still still developing as well at the same time. Um, Like the Heat don't have a, a backup point guard to come off the bench and be that guy. And I think that's where Tyler can really fill into that spot and maximize what he can bring to the to the table so um i doubt that move ever happens again because um i know tyler wants to start and i know that the organization believes in tyler but um i don't know man I, I think like it's it's all there like the proof is in the pudding and we've seen we've seen how good this team is They were a one seed with tyler coming off the bench um and that was with kyle lowry as the starting point guard now you've got terry rozier as your starting point guard and um so i i, I would like to see them tr- at least try to make the move and see if it if it does anything changes anything especially when uh Hawkins gets back but i think those are the two things hot needs to get back and uh if hero can accept a bench roll then uh, i think this team can really take off um i don't I, it's it's january like like june said it's january i'm not hitting the panic button yet um i told my group chat yesterday said I'll hit the panic button when we're down three, one in a playoff series, unless we're down against doc rivers. (laughs) Hey, I'll
2: say this though. Um, yeah, don't fret is is what I'm going with. Um, but to your point, yeah, Duncan Robinson needs to start. I think Terry Rozier will benefit just as much as Terry Rozier will benefit, uh, by Duncan Robinson starting as much as Duncan Robinson benefits by playing with Bam because he's going to be able to be a little more free. We're seeing right now that Tyler and Terry don't want to look too selfish. And it's been two games again. Like I said, he's still getting acclimated to the offense. It's not fair to make a judgment, but we know who Terry Rozier is. He is a guy who can hold the ball, who can, you know, create his own jump shot, essentially do what Tyler does for us as well. And they both do that extremely well. Why would we put them, on the court um you know at the same time in regular rotation if we can get you know maximum offensive effort from Tyler hero leading the second unit with guys like Jay Rich Caleb Martin um and please god not Thomas Bryant but <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> No but um and and Jaime Hakeem so yeah, I, I just think with time and and a lack of stubbornness. I, I know Spo is such a great coach, but he is extremely stubborn and we know that. And so um he eventually kind of realizes what, what what we all do and, and what he needs to. He's somebody that I don't question because Coach Spo is, is the best at at his craft right now in my opinion. Um so we just let them lead us. We will let them lead us, but but the offense whether Tyler starts, comes off the bench, gets cut, gets traded, the team has to play better. Like there's no there's no choice right now. So um, it'll be interesting to see the the end of January leading into February. Uh, trade deadline is on the eighth. I believe the Heat are not done. We will probably make another move here. Look for us to be uh, buyers in the buyout market as well. And then we'll see what what playoff roster is going to take us where we need to go. You know what I'm saying?
0: It feels, obviously, obviously we have the NFL Championship Weekend this weekend. uh, Conference Championship, sorry. NFL Conference Championship this weekend. And it just feels... That's Championship Weekend? Yeah, Championship Weekend. Thank you. Um, Because the Super Bowl is different. It's not the NFL. Anyway, it, it feels good to have some basketball to talk about. And we're getting to that point that, you know, a little, you know, a little past the midway point of the season. We're getting towards all-star weekend. We're getting towards, you know, EP's annual, you got to hit your free throw rants. Cause that happens every year when motherfuckers is missing free throws and I'm letting them know that it cost them the game. Right. And it just feels good to, to, to have some, uh, some substance in the NBA to talk about, whether it's trades, whether, you know, it's unfortunate, let goes, um, things like that. But it, it just feels really good to be able to talk about uh, NBA in more substance now that we're wrapping up the NFL season and the NBA is getting into, you know, gear three, I would say, before we get into gear four and five and hit the playoffs. Um, there isn't any club soccer in England this weekend. There is some club soccer in Germany and Spain and things like that. So there's no club soccer in England. We got the FA Cup going on right now in England. Uh, We'll be back with uh, the EPL next month, a couple days, but it is next month. June, you have anything you want to get us out of here with, close out with?
2: Just a couple things um, in the NBA world, like you said, to piggyback off that, it is good to talk basketball. It's just, you know, the thing about it is, and I'll be honest, you know, I express this to you all the time, E, I don't know if the listeners and the, and the and the viewers understand my point of view or sentiment on basketball at this point of the year. It's just like, I mean, I I tried to watch my favorite team play the Celtics at home tonight, and they lost by 33 points. Um, I flipped the channel. Maybe the Knicks game versus the defending champs was going to be a little better. They won 122 to 84. Let's see if Joel Embiid, you know, he, he he can't miss like eight or nine more games to be an MVP, but let's see if he can, uh, you know, put on a nice performance tonight. It's Thursday, about to hit the weekend. Indiana goes and wins 134-122, to 122. and I mean, hear that score, 134-122, 143-110, 122-84. I'm watching the Warriors and the Kings play right now, which is always a good game. This is like one of the new rivalries. Uh, And it's 98-94 to with four and a half minutes left in the third quarter. I mean, who's playing defense these days, right? So when guys start playing with a little bit more integrity on on both ends of the floor and not just one and not just trying to outscore the other team, but actually trying to get stops and play meaningful basketball, because we saw right after last week when we talked about Carl Anthony Towns going for almost 75 points or 70 points, whatever he had, 68 his coach came after, in, in the post-game, it was just like, unacceptable performances out here by our team. We lost this game, unserious basketball. He didn't go out there and praise Carl Anthony Towns for scoring a career high, because guess what? What are we doing? What are we, what are we doing with 70 points from our, our second-best player, arguably, and, and losing this game? That's embarrassing. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. And that's kind of the message he was sending and um, it's just what I feel as far as why am I going to watch the NBA full time from October to January, February, if this is the effort they're putting up, this is the effort they're putting up, right? I'm making my effort to take time out and watch the game, go to some games, and we're getting blowouts, man. We're getting blowouts. I feel like the, it's it's a 67 to 70% chance that the game is going to be a blowout no matter who plays in the NBA nowadays. The number could be off, it could be high or low, but it's not as entertaining, you know? It's not as entertaining right now. So once it starts to really buckle down and things slow down and possession by possession really starts to take into a a factor, that's when, you know, we really ramp up the NBA talks. Um, We'll see though, we'll see. Um, Before I get out of here as well, I did want to acknowledge the all-star game starters Jalen Brunson definitely deserved to be an all-star game starter. I do want to shout out to my cousin Lou because he tells me to tell us. I don't much have nice things to say, but I do have a couple things to say about the Knicks tonight. Amazing performance. They're 11 and two out of their last 13 games since the OG and an trade. We've seen a different team, obviously IQ and RJ Barrett, Are out of the picture now and the offense seems to be flowing much more the defense is more physical julius Randle had a a couple lackadaisical games here and there but he seems to be high energy and things seem to be trending upward as that number four seed tries to see a top three seed and finish in a top three seed for the first time in some time now um some some special news i want to share with y'all is it's it's nothing it's set that this is going to be the case. However, we don't have the exact picture built right now, but uh friend of the show, guest of the show, Ev, he's not with us tonight. We got Kev on. Obviously, you guys are familiar with Kev. We have a new role for Ev. He's going to be our New York Knicks, uh, you know, he's going to be correspondent. our correspondent, correspondent, analyst, whatever you want to call him. Um, so shout out to Ev, you know, been putting in that work and, uh and, uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna really uh, help. That's us exciting. This, this Knicks community, because guess what? You know they're they're a good team, and and we gotta express that. Ev is a part of this family, and we're gonna respect that. So uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes. But I was excited to share that with with uh, those Knicks fans that do uh, watch the All Things Sports podcast. Kev, we're about to get out of here. I'm not sure if you had any closing thoughts or, or anything you wanted to share with us tonight.
1: Well, I'll just share that. I'm, I apologize for missing about uh, five ten minutes there because I had that. Could not wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All good, brother. <laughs> All good. good. I did my oh. best. <laughs> I, I love this positive New York attitude. Maybe we'll get a, a Yankee correspondent later on this year. Huh? Huh? No, 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 no. Let's no. take it one step <laughs> at a time, my brother. <laughs>
2: We're, we're, we're doing a lot here with this Nick shit, all right? Let's have some respect, too, EP. Don't, don't, don't step by the line now. Because, like, bitch, bitch, we will get a red size correspondent before we get a Yankee one. They won't have much to talk about. Don't worry.
1: We technically That's got all right. two uh, Yankees correspondents. On. All
2: right. Yeah, I deal with y'all enough. I, I thought you guys could
1: handle that for me. I didn't think I needed to go find...
2: Outside, outside source, but um, I mean, if you guys can't handle the job, you know, let me know. I'll try to figure something out. <laughs> hard oh my god! About
0: <laughs> and as we hit the hour five, hour six mark, ladies and gentlemen, this was your Thursday night NFL championship weekend ATS episode, your number one sports podcast. If you tuned into us live, we appreciate you so much. Once again, I say it every week. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with us on this beautiful Thursday night. If you're listening to us on your streaming platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcast, wherever you listen to. If you found a way to bootleg this motherfucker, we appreciate you, and we motherfucking love you. And you know what? We're going to see you Sunday night once we got the Super Bowl matchup set. You heard? That's it. Small Town EP, Wade, Julian, Big Kev. We out. Peace and love, everybody.